Good morning. I'm Roy Moore, and this is What Did It Take? This morning, we have Laranja Goodrum. He's a program analyst with the United States Pentagon. Laranja and I, we met back in 2009 while serving with 3rd Reconnaissance Battalion in Okinawa, Japan. During that time, we were, uh, we were young, restless, and wild. But here we are now, old and slowed down a little bit, but not a whole lot. So, everyone, Laranja Goodrum. How you doing, Laranja? Hey, what's going on? How you doing, Mr. Roy? <laughs> Roy what's going on with you? <laughs> what's going on, man? man? How you doing, man? Yeah, what's going on with you, man? Yeah, yeah I'm glad. Um, hey, thank you for being on here. I really appreciate uh-huh. it. Um, I know it's been some time since we uh, had opportunity to sit down and uh, and uh, speak on some intellectual matters, man. But again, thank you for being on here, and I really appreciate it, man. Um, so, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Because I know when um, you stepped off in 2012, right? In 2015? Yeah. Well, when did you leave the Marine Corps? It was 2011, I believe, at the time when I stepped away from uh, Okinawa, Japan, when we first met. It was okay. 2011. I made my way up to the Washington, D.C. area. Okay. Okay. All right. And wh- what happened What happened from there? What Where did you end up going from there that led you to where you are now? So I was in a station, uh, 8th and 9, uh, one of the oldest Marine Corps barracks at the in the D.C. area. Uh, there I was... Uh, I was introduced to a lot of a lot of things out here as far as D.C. because I was never from this place. And uh, there's a lot of political appointees and, and people with high, you know, um, ranks. And <laughs> they just kind of guided me about, you know, top secret security, top secret clearances and and uh, try to get me to, you know, find a contracting contracting jig out in this area. So. Basically, I was able to get an uh, early retirement. I was able to take an early uh, retirement out the Marine Corps, and uh, I was able to get a couple contracting jobs. And then uh, overall, it led me to uh, be able to apply for a GS position, which uh, I am in now as a program analyst here in uh, D.C. in the Pentagon. Okay. So All right. it kind of worked itself out for me. All right. Okay. And you're a GS-13 now, right? Yes. Uh, actually, it gave me a GS-13. Uh, it's been about about two years so far. Okay. So it's okay. uh, you know, there's a potential growth to get a 14, 15, but that's the that's the overall mission. It's just to keep climbing to the top. Maybe SES. You never know. Good, good, yeah, yeah. Cause that's what it's always about. Uh, you know how we started off in the Marine Corps. It's all about mission accomplishment, mission accomplishment, mission accomplishment, mm-hmm. driving mission, and therefore we had to build goals, plans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That uh, right. bringing us out of out of our comfort zone and. Uh, facilitating our growth and facilitating our development, which is a great thing. So so now that you're in the Pentagon, you got you um GS thirteen program analyst. What what was your inspiration for going going into the Pentagon? Because I know earlier you said um that you had various contract jobs, things of that nature. But what what inspired you to go into the Pentagon? Well, you know, Pentagon got that prestige, you know, known place for Department of Defense as far as, you know, leading the leading the charge as far as how everything operates in the military, and uh, kind of lead me going there is because you know I have that big strong military background, and you know, being in the Pentagon, you you you're at the top of the headquarters, you're making the change throughout the, all of the service, so, 
you know, when you got that kind of uh, uh, four stars and three stars all around you, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're making a big wave. So I feel like, you know, feeding the top, you know, being, being able to feed the bottom from the top is, is pretty much uh, what I say kind of goes across, you know, all spectrums of the military. So I feel like, you know, Pentagon is like the kind of like the pedestal of all military. You feel like you're right there at the top. Every decision is being made. You don't want to cut it. You don't want to get it first. Um, so it's just something about that Pentagon. It's just it's just that name just, that makes you feel like yeah, you you're doing something. You're doing something real big. I can understand that. I can understand mm-hmm. that because even when we serve, well, when you were serving in the Marine Corps and you would speak to individuals around the world or speak to individuals in the private sector, that prestige of being a United States Marine, no one. 100% certain knew what you did or what your life was like. The only thing they knew was what they heard or the rumors or the mystique that surround that shrouded our names as Marines. Right. And now here you are, you left the Marine Corps and you've evolved, you progressed. Now you're in the Pentagon and, and, um, and you said something. You said uh, being able to feed the bottom from the top, um, essentially troop welfare. Uh, yes, remember, sir. Yeah, those uh, leadership traits and principles right there coming back at you. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 great that you haven't lost that, and you're still from your position. You're still causing an influence to to feed the little guy, to help the little guy, and that that's great, man. That's great. So. Now, now that we know what your inspiration was going into the Marine Corps, what factors influenced the decision to actually to to try your hand and try to get into the Tim Pentagon? Because as you said, that's a very prestigious position, and oftentimes individuals deal with uh, the imposter syndrome or I want to do it, but maybe I'm not good enough. So you so. You go into that self-sabotage mode. What enabled you to actually go for it? And what, what were those factors that, that forced you into making that decision and making you just go? What, 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 what are those? I, 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 I was, I, I, me personally, I would have to say it's just the drive, man. I mean, because, you know, when you go to boot camp, you know, you're just the, the little guy of many, like maybe 80 people there with you, you know what I mean? Everybody's on a mission to try to just, you know, get to that next day, get to that next drive, get to that next stage just so you can graduate. Um, so you can, you know, walk that stage and say you accomplished something. So Pentagon ain't nothing different than that. You know what I mean? You kind of feel like, like, wow, this big old building, like, how can I get in this building and actually work with amongst all these giants? So I was just like, you know, I figured that I could just talk to a few people, network, um, get myself uh, well known. And maybe somebody will give a call, and then uh, I got in there. But it's all about trying to just continue driving, man. It's not like you want to be sitting still. You want to take that step forward and achieve the impossible. Those are the things that I like doing, man. It's just it's better than you since boot camp, and that's what I said. It's like, man, if I could do it, then let's do it. So I just figure out, you know, put my resume together, strive my best to try to get in there, and uh, hey, that phone call kind of it kind of rung and. Uh, did a few interviews and here I am, right here in the Pentagon, right in the mix. Good. Okay. So, so that 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 old that old uh, analogy, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time, and you just 
you just devoured it, and now right. now there you are. Yeah, you got your own enclosure. Now you now you in the Pentagon, walk around with your suit and tie. You, you you're doing good things. You're talking to good people. You know. Um, well, let me. So understanding what what your drive is and how you develop your drive, and um, you and I have a common uh, you and I have a common language, being that we were both Marines. What would you, in a way of drive, what would you tell the listeners who aren't familiar with the military or who who doesn't have anything to do with uh, law enforcement, any kind of, um, I guess you can call it military or paramilitary lifestyle. They're just, they just grew up, went to college or started working, things of that nature, and they can't relate to our perspectives of drive and perseverance. What would you say to those people out there? Hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, drive does come from inside, man. I mean, the military kind of brings it out. But I think everybody got some kind of drive in them. It's just that they got to tap into it. Um, for somebody that hasn't got it in the military, all, all I would say is, look, man, just look around you, man. It's uh, There's opportunities everywhere. You just got to figure out where you want to put your drive at, like focus at. You know what I mean? Like if you see that you want to do big things in a small business, man, do big things in a small business. But it, it, the drive has to come from inside, and if everybody has it, you just can't. Sit around. A lot of times, I you know, I even watch TED Talk. I watch uh, YouTube videos. Sometimes I just, you know, I can uh, I can even watch Shark Tank, man. Shark Tank, actually, I was talking about that last night with you more um, about Shark Tank, man. It, 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 you see these people out here that, you know, that, that just have a dream and they just want to take, you know, go for it. You know what I mean? That's That drive comes from then. I mean, sometimes your parents can give it to you. And sometimes you pick it up by just... Like I said, live streaming, YouTubing, social media. But everybody has a drive. And like I said, military drove me, but it could be anything. Anything that comes from the left or right that just makes the wind shift. And you just got to tap into it. So so in essence, it's uh, you got to dig deep. Dig deep. And, yeah. and, 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 and that, when that, when that, it's like Kittle, man. It's when when, that, when that, that flame sparks. You just go for it, man. I mean, there's no there's no need to just hold back. Just go for it. Um, because sitting sitting around and just watching everybody else get it before you get it, it's not it's not a really a lifestyle that I would want for anybody. Because so many opportunities, so I wouldn't be sitting around just waiting for yours. I'll, I'll go get it. Yes, yes. Go out there and find it. Seek education. Seek knowledge. Build wisdom. Ask for advice, read books, look at YouTube, listen to podcasts, watch, as a uh, man said, watch Shark Tank. His point, the point that uh, Larangi is making is that with that drive lying dormant within everyone, it has to be awakened. And he used analogies, it's like a, a flint to a fire. There has to be a spark. If you yourself cannot create that spark, then again, just like he said, look around you. You must want that fire to burn. You must want to accomplish your dream more than you want to breathe. If you don't want it that bad, then it's a good chance it's not going to happen. Because now you you fall prey to 
the imposter syndrome. You you began sabotaging your own dreams. And then you look at the world around you, look at people around you, and you blame others or, or even you blame yourself for not accomplishing your goals or accomplishing your dreams. When in all actuality, it's just you need to take that first step. Yeah, never so, waste opportunity. Yep, that's what I, I agree, 100%. So, so Roger, you kind of you stole my thunder, man, because my next question was, is um, where 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 does your drive to persevere come from? And I think you uh, you kind of answered that you kind of answered that question. Man. Yeah, I could I could elaborate on that more though. I mean, because most of the time you, like I said, even me right now, like I I feel like I want to start my business. Um, even though I'm a GS, I'm making good bread and feeling good. You know, feel like I'm in a good situation. It feel like I haven't you know really got into like owning something. Like I mean, like bringing my own uh, piece of the pie to the puzzle. Um, the thing is, is like, I, I really want to get into more of, you know, starting a business. So like I said, sitting around and watching everybody, you know, go get it. I'm in that same boat myself. Like I need to figure out a way to just like go get it. So that, I, you know, I picked myself up. I went to college trying to get myself, uh, more educated at how business management is ran. And, um, like I said, the next thing I want to do is I'm streaming now, YouTubing now, and I'm, I'm probably going to be ready to kick off a business myself one day. I have a feeling uh, it's going to happen in the next couple of years here. I'm just putting me uh, a project plan together. Good. So let me, so, so let's, so let's dive a little bit deeper into that. So that drive you feel, right? When you say, um, not not saying that you compare yourself to others, but you see others progressing. You see others being successful. What is that? That that level? Let's call it for the sake of uh, simplicity. That level of pride in yourself. That level of confidence in yourself. What do you? Where do you think that came from? Where, where, well, not where do you think, where do you know that came from? Well, I was, I would say, um, I mean, for me personally, it came from, you know, just being, <laughs> I don't know if I could, you know, I hope this is okay, but just being a black man in today's society, man, and seeing how much we came through from the past to today and seeing like the opportunities that nobody had, your ancestors didn't ever had. And you're in opportunity or a good place to be the person that can make it better. Um, some doors are opening up. You know, CEOs are being black now. That that kind of stuff right there is actually kind of motivating me uh, to do better. Seeing my parents, you know, barely passing high school, and now to me to this day, you know, finishing college and trying to figure out how to start my business. That type of stuff right there is is where my fire really comes from. It's like. Man, my ancestors to today, to my parents, to trying to set it up for my kids so they don't have to go through the same situation that I had to go through. I'm always trying to make that step, you know, up, you know what I mean? So I can hand the keys off to them and they just, hey, they can take it the next step up, you know what I mean? So we can, you know, really blend in with society like we're supposed to and have that equal amount of success across the board. Black, white, Latino, anything. We're just supposed to all be able to drive America as a, as a land of opportunity and you just got to go get it. Yeah. Cause you can't, what, what's that saying? Um, your children can't inherit a job, can they? No, no and nah, that they means, can't. That's the thing is my job. I can't really, 
hand the keys off of my job currently because it's that I don't own it. You know what I mean? I want to be able to grab something that I own and say, hey, look, I did this for us. This is our family. Our name is behind it. Let's 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 move this forward. Cause naming is a bad thing. Like I said, I just saw this YouTube video about uh, all these name brands, Kraft, Ford, um, Tesla, all these people's people's last names. These are actually people that, you know, their family last name is behind that. And that right there itself is like, man, I need to put my last name on something. Man, man put my last name to where it's, it's known throughout generations. And, and if I don't do that, it's, or if I don't start it, and I mean, you kind of fade out in the wind. I don't want that to happen for me. Um, like I said, our answers came too far. We're trying to do too much now. We just, it's, it's, the doors are opening. You got to go get it. Got to walk through those doors. That's great. As as an amazing uh, perspective, and because in essence, you're talking about generational wealth and generational health for for your family and for your bloodline, which is a great thing. Now, understanding where that level of pride, that level of uh, inspiration, self-esteem comes from, what uh to to sustain this level of resistance, what are some things you do? What what are some systems that you've created or methods you follow to main, maintain the last the your mental elasticity? Uh, uh, say that question one more time. I'm trying to I'm trying to visualize what you're trying to say in the situation. Yeah, so 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 in essence, what I'm, what I'm saying to you, um, with with um, from your perspective, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of things weighing down on your shoulders, and it could be overwhelming because you refer back to our ancestry. We refer back to um, mm. how generations before us didn't have anything, and now here we are, 2021, where uh, people of color are becoming more and more prominent in the business world, in the education world, in politics, and you understand that. You understand the need for mm. us to continue on the legacy that they're creating. As I said, that could be overwhelming. How do you maintain uh, your mental objectives? How do you maintain your mental perspective without being overwhelmed and quitting? Well, obviously you're gonna need some time to just, you know, well, I obviously for me, it's, it's me just looking at my kids, you know what I mean? That kind of calms you down, lets you know, hey, look, there's a bigger picture behind everything. All the past, presence, and all that that goes on is all about family. So, what keeps me calm, or say, "Hey, look, look, I might be going the wrong direction, but I'm showing them an example by, you know, even if you fail, you keep going. Even if you can, you know, you're making the wrong moves, you keep going just by looking at your kids. Uh, so that keeps me kind of level as far as like not going overboard, but at least keep me on track. I mean, the kids always keep me on track, man, and. And, and when it boils down to it, it's all about having, you know, happy life, happy family, happy life. Um, you sure, man? Because I was tracking happy wife, happy life. You know what I mean? Oh, you put man, your spin on you it, know, which, is, which is cool, but. A, yeah. a, 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 I put a spin to it because, you know, the, you know, the wife is good, the family's good, yeah, everybody's family, family, wife, everything's same, you know what I mean? So. I get what you mean, though. I mean, family happy, man. Yeah, yeah. And that's they keep, that's the They'll keep you happy. They keep you motivated, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I yes. just that's all it is. It's, you keep they keep you motivated. I keep them motivated, and we just gonna keep moving. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you gotta and being being a, a father and a husband, like 
you have to maintain that um, that presence of mind. You have to maintain. You have to maintain the course, and not only you got to maintain the course, you got to listen. You got to listen to your wife. You got to listen to your woman. You got to listen to your better half. You know, because yeah. um, she will always keep you on track. And uh, speaking, uh, those wild days open hour. It was a couple of times mm. when Liz Liz had to come out the room. Mm, put that foot in me, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, <laughs> you know, yeah. That one, that one night. Go home more. Hey, Laranji, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's time, it's time to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good. I'll see you to work. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So, So that's awesome. That's as, as magnificent that you understand that and you see that because that takes a real uh, humble and empathetic mind to acknowledge the fact that I can't do this by myself. I need my family. I need my wife. I need my children. I need my friends. Mm-hmm. And in me personally, uh, em- being empathetic and being um, vulnerable, those are two main qualities or traits that I mark as uh, as a leader, which is a great thing. Now with that transitioning, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this then. Now. Being, uh, we discussed um, since you where you came from, how you got to where you are, and how you continue to evolve from your current position. Um, what are three lessons that you have learned up to this point that you wish you had known starting this journey? Whether that journey is when it your entry into the private sector, your entry into the mm-hmm. Pentagon, or your entry into the Marine Corps. What are three lessons right now that you wish you would have known at the onset of uh, your, your journey? Well, I was just like, I would say, uh, starting off, I just, more leadership would have probably been more, more of the, the lessons that I, I learned because I wouldn't got where I was today without somebody giving me advice, giving me a tip. You know what I mean? So you have to get around, network, talk to people, get the leadership to kind of help guide you, man. May put a phone call in for you. Try to hey, send your resume here, send your resume there. Get it looked at a couple times. Polish it up a little bit more. So leadership is key. Knowledge, you know what I mean? Telling you to go to school, get your education higher, um, get your certificates, uh, certifications, things of that nature. That Knowledge is always a key to to moving around in, in, in business record, in the business world or being successful. So you can't stay, you can't say, um, I got enough education. You can never say that. You got to keep getting that knowledge, keep getting in the books, learning something, learn, um, doing things to achieve yourself as a better person. And a structured foundation, man. Like I said, you got to have a strong family. Got to have wife, got to have a kid that's behind you that's going to keep your, keep your head up when you're down. When things ain't working out, you got to keep, you know, they keep you in place. So always have around a good foundation. Be around family, friends. That's gonna actually keep your circle small. They're actually gonna keep you motivated, keep you positive. So those are the three things I would say. Um, like I said, wrapping it up is leadership. Uh, keep your knowledge up, and uh, have a structured foundation around you. Okay. All right. Now, with that being said, for for your follow-on sessions. What is what is one lesson that uh, you are willing to elaborate on for for the listeners? 
what is something that you're willing to share with them in depth and, you know, explain it over time? Well, the thing I want to kind of really go in depth is basically uh, the need to have knowledge, man. You can't go around um, not knowing. So the more you know, the more you grow. I mean, leadership traits uh, come from that. Um, everything that you do in life, every step that you take, if you have more knowledge or more tools in, the, in your tool bag, that's what I'm telling you right now that's going to make you so, it's going to make you so much successful. Um, so if, if all said and done, if you go out there and put your knowledge, put, get your knowledge up, read a book, YouTube, streaming, anything, knowledge, it's going to get you there, man. Um, like I said, sitting around just ain't gonna do it. You gotta go figure out what's what's working out there and then figure out what your twitch is and light that flame and go for it. So the real chief to achieve real success is coming through knowledge. Okay. All right. I apologize to the listeners out there. I'm clicking my pen. I apologize. I did it last time. I received uh, some feedback, told me I shouldn't be doing it, but I did it again. Yeah, I know, Uh, right? I'm I'm uh, trying to, well, it's not necessarily nervous nervous tick. I I have an awesome pen and it's just like, uh, I always, you know, (laughs) I'm always clicking it, you know? Uh, So I apologize in advance to the listeners for the clicking of the pen. I'm sorry. That big old microphone catching up, catching everything too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, catch every sound. Well, Laranji, I thank you for uh-uh. coming on. I thank you for being a part of this podcast. Most importantly, I thank you for getting vulnerable and telling your story to the listeners. Um, to all the listeners out there, I thank you all for tuning in. I thank you all for sharing. And um, I just thank you all for your support. So stay safe, stay hungry, and keep learning. This is What Did It Take? Mm-hmm.